0: Welcome back to another episode of Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front. You might remember me from the intro to last week's episode. I'm Fiona, the editor of this podcast. Simon's away again this week, so we thought this would be another opportunity to revisit another one of our favorite episodes. This week, I'm re-releasing episode 23 about survivorship bias. Enjoy! Enjoy!
1: I would like to begin this episode by acknowledging that I am located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and I am privileged and honoured to live and learn on the unceded, unsurrendered territory of the Anishinaabe Algonquin Nation.
0: Hello, and welcome to Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front. Trench Leadership is a proud supporter of the Concussion Legacy Foundation for their leadership in advancing the study, treatment, and prevention of brain trauma for athletes, veterans, and other at-risk groups. Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front, is a show for emerging leaders of all professions that offers advice, inspiration, and practical tools from a diverse breadth of leaders who have made the mistakes, had the triumphs, and are still learning along the way. Here's your host, Simon Cardinal.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front. Let me ask you, when you hear the term survivorship bias, what's the first thought that comes to mind? I've asked this question to a lot of my colleagues and the most common response I receive is that people think it's about personal or professional survival stories to help them make informed decisions and While this is a great answer, this is most definitely not what survivorship bias is about. In my opinion, survivorship bias is one of the most vital biases that emerging leaders need to understand if they want to be truly open-minded with their leadership decisions. And so in this episode, you'll hear from me, Simon Cardinal, your host, where I'll talk about the basis of survivorship bias and then provide some examples of survivorship bias in action. You'll learn how to see this bias in yourself and your team and then you'll hear about how to use this bias to yours and your team's advantage, making everyone more efficient. Now, normally this is the point where I'd say I'll be quiet to let the guest or guest introduce themselves, but it's all me today, so let's just jump right in. As I mentioned earlier, survivorship bias is really one of the most vital biases that emerging leaders need to understand if they want to make truly open-minded decisions. And the reason for this belief is simply because if we as leaders want to profess that we are open-minded and impartial in our decision-making process, we need to be able to see and understand our own biases. The challenge with this introspective view is that sometimes we are afraid of the answers we might see inside ourselves, and that in turn could blind ourselves to the truth of our choices. Here's the thing. At its very core, survivorship bias is a kind of mental model where people tend to only look at what has worked in the past and use this as a metric for future success. But what about all of those stellar failures that we've experienced? Is there really nothing for us to learn from all of these failures? In his book, The Fifth Discipline, The Art and Practice of the Learning Organization, Peter Senge, 2006 stated, mental models are, new insights that fail to get put into practice because they conflict with deeply held internal images of how the world works. Images that limit us to familiar ways of thinking and acting. What Senge is saying is that we are limiting our scope of decision-making options if we are openly keeping our attention only on the way things have been done in the past, because we happen to know that they work. And it's this train of thought that holds us back from being receptive to different ways of viewing and conquering challenges. The difference between survivorship bias and mental models, according to Donahue 2018, is that survivorship bias describes our tendency to focus on the people or things that have passed some kind of selection process, whereas mental models are beliefs that we hold close to ourselves, often preventing us or discouraging us from acting. I'm bringing this up because, yes, there is a fine line between the two, and it ultimately comes down to how we choose to look at things and whether or not we want to act on our choices. And survivorship bias is not a new concept. In fact, it was first recognized in 1943 by Abraham Wald, a Hungarian-Hungarian-Jewish mathematician who is credited to being the father of survivorship bias. In this timeframe of World War II, the Allies, specifically the Allied air forces, were incurring casualties and materiel losses at a horrifying rate. And so the US military created a think tank tasked with finding the optimal methods to increase the survivability rate of Allied aircraft. The think tank started by considering defensive options, and one of these options was to find the best places to install the armor on the aircraft, and you guessed it, Abraham Wald was part of the team. The light bulb moment for the team came when the engineers were damage mapping the aircraft that returned from the raids. The prevailing logic at the time was to add armor to the most affected areas, thus providing more protection for the aircraft, and in theory they should return safely. But here's the thing. Wald countered that the team needed to add armor to the areas that appeared to have had fewer hits, specifically the engines, because it was likely these were the areas that forced aircraft to fail when damaged and subsequently forced the aircraft to crash. Are you beginning to see the survivorship bias in this example? The team was so focused on the aircraft that made it back, or the wins, that they lost sight of what the downed aircraft or the failures told them. My all-time favorite leadership coach is Margaret Wheatley. And I'm going to refer to her by her first name because I like to pretend that we are besties. Anywho, in her book, Leadership in the New Science, 2006, Margaret perfectly sums up how we can combat survivorship bias by offering that the benefits of recognizing that if we embrace our despair as a step on the road to wisdom, encouraging us to sit in the unfamiliar seat of not knowing and open ourselves to radically new ideas, If we bear the confusion, then one day, the story promises, we will begin to see a whole new land. One of brilliant illuminations that will dispel the oppressive shadows of our current ignorance. (laughs) I don't know about you, but wow. Do I ever love her wisdom. I mean, don't even get me started on her book titled Perseverance.
0: Hi there, it's Glenn, the voiceover artist. I'm back and you guessed it, if you're hearing me, That means we're at the midpoint of this episode. Do you have a topic that you feel would benefit from emerging leaders? Then send us a note at simonk at trenchleadership.ca. And if your topic is used on the show, you'll be invited as a special guest host for your episode. Follow Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you, And if you feel we've earned it, please help us grow our following by leaving a review and sharing the episodes on your social media platforms. And now, back to the show.
1: Enough of my Wheatley geeking. Let's get back to this episode. Here's another more personal example. I like poker. Specifically, I enjoy Texas Hold'em. But i'm smart enough to know that i'll never be a professional and so when i gather with my buddies at the local cash game i come with 80 to 100 dollars in my pocket and that's it when i'm out of money i'm done for the night fortunately and with no small amount of luck i usually tend to last most of the night and occasionally i even get to take some money home with me and part of the reason for my moderate success is because i'm able to see the survivorship bias in some of the other players you know the ones I'm talking about. These are the people who never leave a hand or push all in with almost nothing, hoping and praying to get the one card they need to win the hand. And inevitably, these people will hit a lucky hand once or twice an hour, hauling into a small to big stack of chips. And it's these wins that push their survivorship bias because they forget about the significant amount of money it took just to win the one smaller pot. In other words, they choose to focus on the occasional wins, not the many, 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 failed hands that got them to the point in the game where they are seeing nothing but an empty poker place in front of them an hour into a six-hour game. And now let's bring this talk back to emerging leaders and how survivorship bias has and will affect how you will lead your team. I'd like to start by offering the question, when you have to make a decision, do you think you're being a good leader if you ignore or discount an entire block of information? Of course, the answer is no. I'm imagining that there are people out there telling me, Quite loud and vigorously, that not every situation affords us the time to sit and try to look at each choice from every single angle. But this isn't what I'm talking about. I realize that sometimes we just need to shoot from the hip, hoping we are making the right decisions in the heat of the moment. And I'm okay with that. But often we have the time to carefully consider our choices. And in these moments, I'd like to offer that you not only look at what has worked in the past, look at what has failed and why. You've heard me say it many times over many episodes. Leadership without passion limits the depth of our vision. And it's in these moments when we are passionately leading our teams that we can choose to see beyond the wins. That we can see the benefit of looking at our failures with our wins to guide our decisions. I mean, leaders want to win and they never, ever want to fail. We don't even want to think about failing, much less analyze these failures But one of the great things about survivorship bias is that once you start seeing it, you can also begin to have a better and deeper appreciation for your failures and how they can help you guide your evolution. You can start to see the failures as positive ways to learn, eventually, hopefully, removing the fear of failure. That's, I mean, think about that. Losing the fear of failing. I'm not saying go out and try to fail. I'm offering... That we can be okay with the fact that we are going to fail and accept that we can use that in a positive way. That's empowering. Not only do leaders not like to fail, we also have this tendency to look at other leaders and assume they've never failed at decision making either. Donahue 2018 used the entrepreneurship examples of people like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg to remind us that the statistical odds of achieving this level of success is eclipsed by the massive amount of people who failed. Further, During his research, Donahue found that our society has built up so much of a need to focus on wins and successes that it's hard to even use Google to find direct links to people's failures. Go ahead and try it. Type in people who failed in business. The first hits won't be about people who failed. You'll find links to famous people who failed, but eventually succeeded. I'm not trying to say that you should accept that you will fail. Well, no, actually, you know what? That's not true. This is exactly what I'm saying. Accept your failures and use them to your advantage. Learn from them. Let your experiences in failure and success guide your decision-making process. And as an emerging leader, when you're new to having to make team-related choices, take into account what has worked and didn't. Don't let your bias of what has worked in the past be the easy route to your choices. The Royal Canadian Air Force, or the RCAF, as you'll hear me call it from now on, Is renowned as having one of the strongest and most influential airworthiness safety programs in the world. And the strength of this program comes from the culture that has been cultivated over many years of learning from failures. The first step in this process goes all the way back to basic maintenance practices. The RCAF has a clearly defined rank structure just like any other military entity, but when it comes to maintenance procedures, it's not the highest ranking person who wins every maintenance related debate. In fact, The organization's culture is such that the most experienced people, regardless of their rank level, are encouraged to offer their suggestions because their experience will help with understanding what might work and what has failed. In other words, the RCAF counters survivorship bias by building a work environment which encourages everyone to look at and openly discuss the failures and the wins to ensure all options have been considered. Now, Imagine if you were an emerging leader and you were listening to a kick-ass podcast episode about survivorship bias and how you could use this knowledge to the advantage of you and your team. Hmm. Hmm. This provides a great segue into the next point, and that is to not let your biases reject a junior team member's idea simply because you've heard it before. Or more their proven methods have worked. Or the idea seemed too radical. Or you think their lack of experience or knowledge will prevent them from contributing, etc., etc etc. And if you're saying to yourself that you would never do this to a junior team member, you're lying to yourself. We all do it and don't even realize we're doing it. Part of our reaction to quickly dismissing a junior member's suggestions is because we tend to believe that as leaders we are expected to have all of the answers. But also, junior team members are, well, junior. And they very likely haven't been afforded the experience to chalk up enough wins to know what has worked in the past. I'm going to pause for a dramatic effect here. Hmm. Now that we've established our survivorship bias and how we unconsciously apply it to our junior team members, the question becomes, how can we stop ourselves from pushing this bias on our team members and ensure that we're being open-minded? I offer that you can ask yourself how you felt when you were disregarded or almost laughed at when you suggested something. And then, how did you feel when your idea was genuinely considered, or even better, when it was used? There's nothing like knowing that you were heard. And that's all part of it. Understanding that as a leader, if we look at all sides of it, yes, ultimately we have to make that final decision. But those new people, just because they're brand new, doesn't mean they don't have anything to bring to the table. Sometimes that lack of experience is the thing that helps us open our mind and say, okay, this worked. Maybe this didn't work, but maybe we can look at, at this again. Who knows? But that lack of experience is not the thing to hold the team back. That lack of experience might be the thing to help everyone see things from a different perspective or see things again. Sometimes we need that. And so asking these introspective questions will hopefully remind yourself that new ideas or ways of seeing how to succeed can be achieved by people without tons of experience and wins under their belt. And as an emerging leader, we can very early on in our careers have a direct influence on our team members and how we can all achieve success by looking at both our failures and our wins. My final point is that if leaders, in other words, you, can recognize survivorship bias exists within yourself and your team, then you will be viewed as more effective. Kuzis and Posner, 2017, in the book titled The Leadership Challenge, How to Make Extraordinary Things Happen in Organizations offers that the more frequently that people see their leaders searching outside the formal boundaries of his or her organization for innovative ways to improve, the more strongly they agree that their leader is effective. And who doesn't want to be known as an effective leader? Well, that's it. That's survivorship bias. And that's a wrap from the front. In this episode, we talked about survivorship bias and how it can creep into our decision-making processes by blinding us from the advantages that failing can bring. We heard how to recognize survivorship bias in our decision-making plans, and then to use the knowledge of our bias to our advantage so that we can make ourselves and our teams more effective and efficient. Links to all the research used in this episode can be found in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, leadership without passion limits the depth of your vision.
0: So how was the episode? Were you engaged? Did you finish the episode with a piece of leadership ammunition to help you lead from the trenches? Was this episode relevant and helpful? If so, never miss an episode by following us on all of your favorite podcast feeds. While you're there... And if you feel it's merited, please consider leaving an episode review. If the episode missed its mark, we need your help to refine the topic. So reach out and let us know how we can improve the show for you and all of our listeners. Be sure to join us next week with your host, Simon Cardinal, for another episode of Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front. A proud supporter of the Concussion Legacy Foundation and Project Enlist. Episodes produced by iGlen Studios. Music provided by Ashamal of Music.